I'm a church fanatic, and I make no apology. I see we're now on YouTube. And these days I made a mistake. They taught me texting. And Lord of mercy. That's my wife. I text 24 sevens. She said, put that thing down and relax. I said, I can't help it. I'm, I'm an addict now. My, my bones are wearing out. Two fingers. It works pretty good. I found something great. I'm texting now. Praise God. Amen. You should never have taught me that. <laughs> now you see you can't escape work. Praise God. Chapter 12 and verse 15. In fact, verse 16. Verse 15 says, Life does not consist of the abundance of things which he possesses. And he spake the parable unto them, saying, The ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say unto my soul, so thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, but who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And then the Lord went into a big old parables, coming down, you should read the whole thing and get the revelation of what he's talking about. Lord Jesus... We thank you tonight, one more time, in the house of God, where the people who are the apple of your eye are gathered together to hear the word of the Lord. Bless the service. Bless the listeners. And God, I want you to take control of this meeting right now. Every mind, every heart must be open to you right now as you speak to us. In Jesus' name. But I say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. And my title is Worship. Don't worry. Don't worry. An old colloquial term in Jamaica became very popular. No problem. Registered Jamaican saint. No problem. Well, he said, no problem. There's a contrast drawn here because every one of us that are poor would like to be rich. And here's a contrast between a rich man and the poor saints. The rich man planted whatever he planted, a vineyard perhaps, and the Bible said it brought forth abundance. He'd got more than expected. So much, his barn was undersized. That's a good problem. I go to churches where pastors, you know, building's too small, or the car's not enough. I said, man, that's not a problem. That's a good problem. I, give me that problem. I'll take it. There are good problems. I beg for those problems. 
One guy said, I don't have enough vehicles to drive people. I said, that's a good problem. Don't get a great hair over that. Start worshiping God. You got a good problem. Some problems are good. Hello. Now I'm going to say this now. I'm going to upset some people, but that's your problem. It's not mine. It's from Jesus. You know, when I came off the plane, I said, my, this just feels good. It was cold. But I'm not thinking about the cold. When I left, it was sub-temperature. When I came back, it was one above or two above. I still feel like I was a winner. I'd rather be one above than 25 below. And I won't shiver. I said, oh my, this feels good. And some may think I am crazy. But the problem is, I am worshiping in God. And they're worrying about, amen. Even when God make a change, no recognition given to God. Some of you talk about, well, it's hot and cold, hot and cold. How can God ever feel pleased? That's why God pleased himself. What did I say? Oh, my God, we got some 12 above last week. That was great. That was awesome. And stop right there and just worship. Not so. We know it's going to drop again. After God gives you hot temperature, right? We know it's going to drop again. They start prophesying. It's going to fall again. God just gave a hot temperature. But now it's going to get cold. Don't worry about it. It won't last long. Instead of worshiping God for at least a few minutes of hot sauna bath temperature. Amen. Then when the cold comes, you don't worry about it. You know, I like what God taught Joseph to tell Pharaoh. Pharaoh, you're going to have seven years of plenty. And then seven years of emptiness. Do what you wish. And Joseph said, I tell you what. Don't John those people will be griping. Because when the seven years of emptiness come, they're going to forget the plenty. And they're going to be warring and not worshiping. But Joseph taught Pharaoh how to continue worshiping when others were worrying and tossing in the town. Here's this man. He is upset with himself that the ground produced more than he dreamed of. He ended up more than enough. They're doing a Pentecostal lump around the building. He should call the friend with joy. Oh, my ground produced a bumper crop. But he went into a depression. God let me know he's not more money we need. Hello? And God won't feed my greed. God will supply my need. And the man started complaining. What am I going to do because my ground brought forth plenty? Then what did you expect? Your return on investment is good. Better than you hoped for. And he began to go in through a mental breakdown depression. What am I going to do? I know about you, but every time I try to go to the worry chamber, God says, you want to go there? I'll give you something to worry about. No, Lord, I will not go there. 
He says, in all things give, not some things. In all things, even when others are worrying. Now, you know, people like to ask your business, how much did this hotel cost you? And when you tell them they start worrying, they say, it's coming out of their pocket. It's not out of their pocket, but you pay too much. Well, did I ask you that question? What is it to you? You pay too much. Are you paying for it? Some guy used to ask me at work, you pay tithes? Yes. Why are you so crazy? I said, look, don't worry about me. You're a wager of my wage. Why are you worried about me paying tithes? Why is it a problem to you? Don't you pay union dues? And they do nothing for you? No, don't try to get me to worry over 10%. I got 90% to worship for. I'm going to worship God for the 90 and not worry about the 10. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got 91 over Him. Hello. But the man start worrying and God says he came with an idea. You see, worry taking the next step of foolishness. So he says, here's what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barn. Plural. And build a larger one. I spent more growth beyond what I just got. And I'm going to say to my soul after I store up, amen. Soul. You have worked hard enough. And now it's time to plan for retirement. You can lay back and take your ease on easy street. Hello? And just relax. And God says, this guy, Michael, is a fool. Because tonight, the record says he's going to go home. And God says, this guy's a fool. Now, how can you call a man who is rich, have an abundance of things in the material sense and God is calling him a fool I thought we Pentecostal were the fools I thought we that turned on over time and come to church was the fools I thought we that give up Harvard even for a local college was the fools I thought we that never graduated and finished at grade 12 and that we stopped right there for God's sake we're the fools but God said, no, no, no. He's the fool. Because what he just got won't get him to where he needs to be. It won't take him over there. But church, the Bible said, who shall it be? You're hoarding it up. You're multiplying only to look at it and can't touch it. Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis Presley owned blocks. Michael Jackson still old blocks. All the kings of the earth still old blocks. The beakers and all of them. And they still can't touch it. And some unknown Pentecostal pioneer dies somewhere and is well blessed and is in paradise, not in perdition. I wonder who's the fool. God says he's a fool because, here's why he's a fool, when he ought to be worshiping God, he is worrying about the carnal things that he doesn't even own. And God said, just a minute, you don't even own your yesterday, never mind your today and tomorrow. Your life is not your own. I've got your life in the palm of my hand. And I will decide if you live to see another day. And I will decide if you go to work tomorrow. And I'll decide if you wake up and you don't have time for me. You are a fool. 
God said, you are a fool because you think you're making it. You are not making it. You've got no time for God. He's not in your plan. He's not your priority. Your priority is your pocketbook. Your priority is your bank account. Your priority is your accumulation. And God said, you are a F-O-O-L fool. Friend, when God said you're a fool, you're worse than a mule. I could call you a fool when he was laughing at me, but God said, you are a fool because I'm not your priority. You don't have any room for me for your future plans. And all you're caught up with is possession and possession, investment, investment, investment. And he said, one of these days, I'm going to call your life on you. And everything you possessed and you worked so hard for, some fool worse than you're going to get it. Who won't even spend the time you spent to accumulate what you don't even own. He said, you don't even own your life. You don't even own the money in your pocket. The job you have, you don't even own it. And when I read, I'm going to call it home. And instead of you spending your time worshiping me, you're worrying about how to invest. You're worried about returning investment. You're worried about accumulation. And God said, you are a fool. That's strange. Now, to me, Saul says, a fool said, there is no God. Now, you may not say that, you may say, I believe in God, but you live like there is no God. Because the guy you're working beside, maybe don't even know what you know about God. Hello? More overtime means lost time with God. More accumulation means less in heaven. He said, you lay treasures on earth. It will never be yours. And you're fooled by what the ground produced because you had nothing to do with it. Let's worship God. And church, the message God went into to the twelve disciples. Twelve men who forsook all. And they said, we got nothing left. And he contrasts them with that rich guy. And said, come on, 12 boys, let me teach you a lesson of life. In chapter 12, and verse 24, he said, come on now. Don't worry about that rich guy and that one that chasing the almighty dollar and the almighty job. And the mighty accumulation of things. He is a fool. Don't look at him. Let me show you some wisdom around here. Come with me down to the field. That he's talking about. On your way down, I want you to look at the ravens. Verse 24. He said, now before you start worrying, church people, about your poverty. And not your posterity in heaven. He said, look, I want you to do some consideration. Before you go in that little room called worry and be another fool, listen to me. Look at the the ravens. He said, well, he consider them feet time. He said, they don't sow and they don't reap. They have no storehouse. They have no barn. And they have no worry. And they don't like energy. 
He said, I want you to consider them and get your eye off that fool. Don't desire what he has. Don't desire his possession. Don't desire his accumulation because he's a damn fool. That means he's damned and he's a fool. That's what it means. I'm not cursing. I'm saying what he says. He's going to end up in perdition. And he can't take nothing. And his life does not consist of the abundance of accumulation. Life should be driven by divine revelation and not by human carnal accumulation. You're not going to take it home with you. It will not go in the grave with you. In fact, I like the Jewish and the Arab principle. The poorest time in their life is the grave. They will not buy a casket worth $5,000. They refuse to do it. They say, why waste money in the ground? Only we Gentiles are stupid by expensive car- casket that nobody wants but the worms. And so the undertaker learned a new lesson. Make a trap door. When you're gone, put the body up, put it back up, and take it home. Sell somebody else. Pretty smart guys. Good business, isn't it? You don't believe it? Make sure your family check it out before it's all over. When your time comes. Look at the lilies. Verse 27. Church, somebody here need to stop worrying. Get your eyes off the rich. Get your eyes off the accumulators. Get your eyes off those with seemingly more than enough. They are still a fool in the eyes of the Creator. Got to learn the golden rule. Go visit the raven and look how wise they are. He <laughs> said, God feedeth them. The lilies. He said, now it's clothing time. He said, take look, look, consider the lilies. How they grow. Verse 27. And they toil not. And Solomon, the richest man in the world, the wisest man, the guy with the most girlfriend, the most wives you could ever dream of, did not compare in dress clothing as splendid as the lilies of the fields. And God said they don't even spin. And they don't toil. And don't punch a clock. But they were the best dressed in the palace of Solomon. Because God clothed them all. I'm going to tell somebody, God said, I'm going to feed you. I am going to clothe you. Just make me the priority of your life. And you don't need to worry. Worship your way to the bread house. Worship your way to the closet. Because there I'm going to feed you. I'm going to clothe you. And the best of the rest in your city is a fool compared to you. In your lifetime you found the secret of life. That life does not consist of garments and accumulation of wealth in the bank. But it's what you have in heaven. I'm trying to talk to somebody here. Take your visit down to verse 28. I'm taking church, you know, every day you walk around wisdom and, and, and not paying attention to it. The raven, the lilies, and the grass. 
Look at the grass. God said, look at them. And the field that people walk on. Today they are, tomorrow they're not. And the Bible said, look, hey, they're well dressed, well watered, well taken care of. And God said, you are not to be like the rich fool. It's time to worship. It's time to worship and not to worry because God said you are better than the raven. You are better than the lilies and you are better than the grass that grows in the field. My definition of worry is having wrong priority in this life. Number two, it's in a state of being unthankful for what you do have. Number three, it's being ungrateful to the one that provides what you do need. And number four is the absence of appreciation for what God has done for you up to this time in life. And number five, it's your faithlessness. And number six, you're self-absorbed by, amen, the rich man's foolishness. And number seven, you're looking in the wrong place. Jesus told Martha, Martha, you're careful about a lot of that stuff, but it's not the stuff. Mary chose the better part. I want to tell you, friend, Lazarus proved to be smarter than the rich man. Lazarus entered the bosom of an angel. And one was in the bosom of hell, crying to change place with Lazarus. You see, you're, what you possess is only for a season. And this will be gone. But Lazarus is comforted. Church, the table is going to turn. Now, Jesus said, look, I want you to be a favor, Jesus said. Stop worrying. Verse 17. Go there, please. Stop your worry. I lost you now. Stop the worrying and start praising God. Your Bible teaches you in every situation... Godly people worship God in all situations. At midnight, Paul and South prayed. I can give you example after example. Praise and worship is the answer. Don't pull your hair out. You need it all. I said, leave it in this place. Give up your worry. Stop worrying and start worshiping. Come on right now. God says, I know you have need of all these things. The word no means omniscience. God knows all. We say, well, God, what did you do for me? You know, when I was in college and I left, I had a lot of bills. I had a lot of bills. A whole lot of bills. I, I, I made investment I shouldn't have done in alcohol and booze and you name it, cigarettes. Foolish boy. I, I borrowed money I didn't need. I lied to get it. In fact, I lied to get it from the government. Now I got to pay it back. Hello? I know I got saved. I'm going to blame all my sinful problems on Jesus. Well, Lord, I'm a Christian now. Give it all back to you. God said, no, no, no. You got to learn some lesson, boy. Hallelujah. Reap what you sowed. Hello. What do I want to tell you, church? I cannot remember the day before I got here 
when I overcome my bills. I just can't remember it. When I took my mind off she, off my problems and I put my eyes on him and I did the thing that God delighted in. I stopped worrying and I start giving God the priority. Verse 30 of my life. And I stopped worrying. Verse 29. And I planned not to be a fool. Verse 20. And I thought, why should I take thought about something I can't solve? Hallelujah. I've had more let down interviews than you can have reviews on, my friend. In every case, I said, I'm going to worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, when God stepped in, is when you forgot all about your problems. He saw, and God said, take care of me, and I'll take care of you. Hallelujah. What was God trying to teach me? Stop worrying. He said, learn from the sparrow. The sparrow never changed her tune. No matter what the weather is. No matter how she's hungry. No matter what goes on, she still have the same chirp. I'm trying to tell you, honey, worship God. In good times, in bad times, in all times, and the answer will come faster than you know it. Because worship, bring God in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Take no thought. The rich man take thought. I couldn't do a thing about what he said. Tonight your soul is going. It's not yours to, to, to decide. I decide. Praise God. Hallelujah. Take no thought tonight about your life. I know you're in Mother Earth. I know your address. I know where you live. I know what you eat and what you don't eat. He says, take no thought. Verse 22. What you're going to eat or your life. Folks, do you believe that? Take no thought about your body. I know you're overweight. I know all that. And I know you're underweight. But bless God, I still care about your body. Amen. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Verse 22, I know how to dress you up. Hallelujah. I can make you look as proud as a peacock. Oh, Praise the Lord. Hey, God said, why are you worrying about things you cannot change. You can't change nothing. That's a revelation. You can't change nothing. But God can do all things. Hallelujah. Verse 25 said, You can't add nothing to the sky's cubit. Or to your image. Only God can change that. Praise God. So God said, look. I want you tonight hand over control to him. Verse 18, chapter 12. Hand over the control to God. I was thinking about Noah's boat. No sail. No rudder. No GPS. No wind of the spirit going. He said, God, let her rip. And she never hit a rock or an iceberg, or a mountain, or a tree, by accident. Because God said, I'm the captain of your life. I'm in control. Take no thought. Because you can do nothing without me. You can do nothing. Hallelujah. So I don't know why folks like to ask me the question. How much do you pay for the car? You want to join me with my nervous breakdown? 
Oh, she always says, Praise God. Look at verse 26. Take no thought. It makes you worry. Now, tonight, the difference between the rich man and the saint of God. The rich man is troubled. The saints of God, they got triumph when you worship. The rich man, because of worry, has fear. But the righteous have favor. The rich man has problems. But the righteous got promises. Oh, hallelujah. The rich man got little or no faith. But oh, the child got great faith. He said, can faith buy me a car? Watch me buy a car. Can faith give me a house? Watch me in the house. You know what I mean? Watch it happen. Watch God do it. Amen. God don't need cash or your trash. What is your faith? When God saw their faith, not saw their cash, He saw their faith. He operated on faith and He made a way. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the rich man limited God and the wise man just said, look, man, He magnified the Lord. And God said, why worry when you can worship me? And worry is sin. Because isn't it now faith is what? Sin. Hello. Now, so God, what do you want me to do? God said, look, I want you to consider the raven. Tonight, whatever you're going through, look at the rest of God. That's just a raven. What about me? God, that's a living. How about me? That's a grass, God. How about me? Verse 24 says, the raven should inspire you. Verse 27 says, the little... Let us illuminate you and the grass. My God should motivate you. Verse 20. Come on, church. It's time for revelation. It's time for divine illumination. It's time for motivation. I am motivated. And God said, I can do all things for you. All right. Don't be of a doubtful mind. Verse 29. I love this. I love this. Don't be. Of a doubtful mind, that means stop on belief and fired up faith. Put faith in forward drive. Come on, my friend. Verse 28, get faith. Hallelujah. Verse 29, seek not, amen, but praise God. He said, look, put your faith in God in verse 31. Now, church, some people in church profit from preaching. I got to prove to Hebrews chapter 4. Go there. Some folks in church don't profit at all. They hear me talk. I say, well, Pastor Neil, this is you talking, man. You're just a bag of wind. Yes, but it's a good wind, friend. I smell worse wind than that. Mm-hmm. Amen. What you need is not security, sir. What you need is a Savior. I'll tell you, if McMurray go bankrupt tomorrow, that don't mean I'm bankrupt. Your job laying off people don't mean you're going to be laid off. You don't go home and worry, you're going to worship. Hallelujah. Others dropping dead, you don't worry about it. It's just a Verse 31 says, God says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to think tonight. What do you want God to add to you? A rose was? I'll add that to you. Go in souls. Hello. Amen. What do you want God to give you? A T-bone steak? Go in souls. 
You want God to give you youth back? Go win souls. You want God to give you a family back? Go win souls. Come on, somebody. Whatever you want from God, just go worship God. Anna did not get the promise when she was worrying. She got it when she was praying. Hello. The water came when they not worry when they worship. Israel, I, I was asking you, read Psalm 78. It's a worry ward people. They worry, worry, worry. They God got even spitting mad. Nobody ever worshiped. But David knew how. Every Psalms I read, I'm inspired. God knows your need. Verse 30. God said, I know your need. God says in verse 31, I want to add to you. Now, you know, Job, poor Job in his depression said the wrong thing. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. That part is a lie. God does not take nothing. God gives. It's the devil who took it. Read the Bible right, friend. Hello. When you're in depression, you say bad stuff. Amen. God giveth. Well, God, why don't you hurry and give it to me? Well, if he hasn't done it yet, friend, he's teaching you something. You're still in class. But when you graduate, you'll get what you ask. You just don't jump grades. Well, God, I'll be praying so long. It's not how long this thing is. Are you learning? Are you learning? God said, I'll give you what you need in verse 32. Plus, I'll add to you. Praise God. And so, don't be of a double-minded person. Be single-minded. Verse 29. Church, I'm giving you a recipe tonight. I don't care what your problems are tonight. I'm sent here to tell you a word from the Lord. Don't waste your thoughts. Don't waste and lose your rights. Get the facts and get rid of friction. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm not preaching fiction, my friend. I'm preaching reality. God wants to do it. You know, if you don't pay tithes, you have no right to ask for benefits of tithing. If you don't give offering, you have no right to ask for God for offering benefits. You're a fool. Come on. You don't plan, you want to reap. Come on now. The guy phoned, got up, phoned the man up and said, Look, I pray God didn't answer me. God says, The man said, Hey, just a minute. Maybe God is dealing first with regular customers first. And your voice is kind of strange. I don't know your voice. Hello? Church, everybody who lives for God and put God first, I'm telling you, you end up in a large place. That's the truth. Let's worship God with me. Come on, church. Get your priority right. God said, I want you to do that, and I'm going to bless you now. Worry brings pressure. Pressure on marriage. Hallelujah. Now, my wife married a guy full of debts. But somewhere in England, there was a taught her knowledge or wisdom. She didn't talk to me about my debt because I couldn't do nothing about it except leave me alone. <laughs> so I don't have to say that because she didn't bother me about it. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. But she knew I got it. And I knew I got it. And God knew I got it. And how I got it. But I knew God could get me out of it. Because I heard preaching. I heard preaching. I didn't go to Harvard to hear it. Or some financial expert to tell me. I said, if I put God first. God said, go give tracks out. Go work for me. Do all this. Da, da, da. And while I'm doing that, I got a car. But it's the truth. I got a car. Didn't pay for it. It was given to me. And by the way, I wasn't preaching yet, so the church didn't give it to me. They said, get off it. It was given to me while I was a saint. Here's a car. Hallelujah. I wanted to go to England. I couldn't afford it. Somebody gave me the fee to go. Hello, to go marry this girl. Hallelujah. I got no suits to wear. Somebody gave me some, some money to buy suits. There it was. What? God was adding. God adds. God adds. God adds. When I marry her, bring her back. Where, where am I going to put this girl? I got nowhere to live. Hello? Zero, zero vacancy in Edmonton. Zero. And God said, Go into this house. After I tried everything and everything failed, God said, Now, let me let me show you how to do it. Go knock on this door and knock. She said, What do you want? I said, I want a place to live. She said, Oh, no, no parties around here. I said, Ma'am, I'm a born again Christian. So you are? I said, I am. You're in. <laughs> And that's where we live. But church, every time I go to Edmonton, I drive by and show my wife the bad spot I used to go, the bad thing I used to do, and where we used to live. So don't forget this place. But also, I showed her where I was born again. It's about time you start reflecting on the goodness of God. And get your eyes off yourself. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna put all my blessing, and I don't, and I. It's all I, I. What about him? Him. What about him? Go teach a Bible study. Go witness to somebody. Hey, we're standing for Jesus. Hey, hey! Don't forget where God brought you from. Enjoy it. He's worried about the barn, but we about the kingdom. He's about the carnal riches. God said you can have true riches in heaven. Hello. Hello? I was in Brother, uh, Brother's church. What's going again? Let's preach for him. He's in a cathedral. And hundreds of people. Now, you can say, well, my background was alcoholic. His daddy was a drunk. Drunk. His mom raised him. Hello. Hello. He was so school to pick up kids. They drove by and pick him up. That's how I came to church. He got a big old cathedral. Almost as big as a park down the road. But you know what, church? He talks so much about his background. So much about it. Lifting up Jesus. Because he's a handsome guy. You wouldn't think he came from that background. Sought after. Just, but God, add to people who put him on the front seat and say, God, let me move him to the passenger part. If you drive this thing, you're working too hard for too little. Hand it over to God and say, God, I want you to take over my life. Will you stand? And look, Drive this thing for me. 
I'm not going to worry. Let me tell you, Matt Murray. Oh, oh, I got my where I live. I'm going to tell you one more time. I came to the city. I said, God, you told me from those preachers that if I do these things, this will happen. Hallelujah. I said, God, I want in. He said, so you don't, don't know how to pray to God. You don't know how to talk to God. That's a problem. Learn to talk to God. He loves when you say, Daddy, I'm your kid. I said, I want in. Because I found that worry wasn't going to help me. The lesson I want you to learn today is that have faith in verse 22 for your provision tonight. Whoever you are, have faith that God's going to bring you out. Wayne Hunter showed us where his mom lived till she died. He said, my mother had an entire church waiting on her. And then he married the same girl, went through the same life like she went through. So they both came from the middle of Skid Row. But that's not where you're going to end up. Though you're beginning maybe Skid Row, you're going to be on the front line. Somebody need to hear me right now. I wish to God somebody got so mad and get worries and throw it in the garbage can. I want you to step on your worry. I want you to step on it tonight. Because you're not going to change anything by worrying. Quit your worry and start worship. Worship God. God says, I'll take care of your life, your provision, what you eat, what you wear, what you put on. And if you have any doubt, go visit the raven. Look at the lilies, the grass. You know, I've been a bunch of people, all kinds of people. And when I meet, they confirm when I preach. Because you see them now, you wouldn't know where they come from as they tell it to you. But they learn one thing. Worship is the answer. When you worship God, you can ask Him for anything. Tonight, God is not limited. You are limited, but God is not. God said, I can add to you anything. So, you know, Sister Kim always asked me, how much do you mean for this hotel? I tell them, you pay too much. I said, you know, you make me so mad. Why your dad should be said, bless God, he can pay for it. Amen, that's right. Thank God you can afford it. Hallelujah. The only time I'm going to pay too much is go to that coffin. You ain't worth a dime. You should pay a dime for a coffin. Wrap me in a sheet and put me down there. Hallelujah. And put them under the mission field. You heard that? Write it down for me. Don't waste your money. Come on, somebody. That's too much money to put in the dirt. But not too much for a cruise. Not too much for a wedding gown. Not too much, come on, for a house. Come on, somebody. You know, these, these, these stingy husbands, I mean, they're so foolish, they're so silly. My God. You ought to be happy. Make your wife happy. 
Every time she prayed, God listened to her. Make sure thank God for you. If she won't do it, bribe her. Bribe her to do it. But church, I got Mr. Priester here in the States. Lay up treasures in heaven. When it's all over, everything that passed even on can't go with them. Not even my suit, nor nor my shoes. Hello? Not even my wife gonna come with me. I asked her before, she says no. You're gonna start all over again. Without me, can man, poor girl. Hallelujah. But church, start worshiping. I want you tonight to put it in practice tonight. I know what you're worried about, but thank God for start worshiping God right now. They thought I couldn't be saved, and I'm saved. They thought God couldn't do certain things, and God did it. Start worshiping right now. It's time to worship. Said God, give me an eight to four job. God, give me what I need. And God said, worship, 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 worship. Church. Everybody that know Pastor Neil think he's rich because he doesn't talk poor. Come on, daddy's rich. My daddy's rich. Worship. 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 I said worship. Come on, worship God. Worship God. Worship God. God said, I know where you live. I know what you wear. I know what you have need of. I know what your food. Come on, chain is. I will provide it. Worship God. 